Welcome to this special edition episode of Basecamp, where we're going to be sending out some of the audio from our latest member meeting that happened back in May. Now, as this meeting was composed of testimonies and times of prayer and also a vote, which doesn't usually happen at a member meeting uh, other than really mainly once a year, but but we had a vote as well. Uh, but we're not going to be sharing uh, not going to be sharing all of the the meeting audio because there's a lot of dead spots where we went off mic and. Uh, there's a lot of prayer time where you can't hear anything. It's kind of inaudible. Uh, but uh, I did want to ensure that the highlights of the meeting were shared and sent out so that all of our members that weren't able to be with us that night are kind of kept in the loop on what's going on and in the wider scope of our church body. And if you've never been at one of our member meetings before, we begin them by rehearsing our membership covenant and all the commitments that we've made to one another as members of the trails. Right, specifically the things that we have covenanted with one another and, and how we will relate to one another as members of our church and be good stewards of all that God has given to us. And so we, we read that aloud together to remind ourselves of, of this relationship, this, this covenant that we have with, with one another as members. And then we also read aloud the commitment of the pastors to the members of the church, all, all the responsibilities that, that we have as pastors in leading the church. And so if you'd like to see any of, these, any of these documents, you can shoot me an email at aaron at trailschurch.ca or send me a message through one of our social media channels or send me a message on Signal and, and I can get that document over to you if you're curious on what it means to be a member of the trails. But for now, let's drop into the meeting uh, right after we read this document together. So we'll pick up from there. Now, we want to remind us of all of those things. One, because these are the commitments that we have one to another as members of our church. This is how we're supposed to speak into one another's lives and love one another and care for one another well. And then as pastors, it's our job as well to help lead in that. And so we always love to remind ourselves of what we are actually committing to as God's people. Now, today uh, is kind of an interesting uh, meeting. So usually at our meetings like this, we'll walk through uh, a little bit of our what is a healthy church member and talk about maybe some things that we can be doing to be better church members together. Um, But today, as we continue to grow as a church and send out team members to plant a new church in Calgary, which we'll talk a bit more about in a couple of minutes, one of the first things that uh, has begun to be noticeable is the need for us as a church to train, equip, and install leaders into various positions in the life of our church, right? To better serve us as we continue to see people become Christians and, and other Christians join us from churches that are starting to waver on really important theological uh, matters, And so as elders, one of the things that we're praying for is that God might raise up some of our members to serve in the office of deacon. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit about deacons. Uh, And as we mentioned in our March member meeting, um, we'll also be having a vote uh, in, in a couple of minutes on something, but I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Uh, and so uh, that's what we're praying for. As, as, as pastors, we're praying that God would raise up people to serve in this office of deacon. Now, we haven't had this office before in our church, not because we haven't desired to have this position and not because uh, our bylaws as a church say nothing about this position. No, they do say things about that. But it's because we have not had this uh, office as a church before. Uh, and so we, we also realized that we hadn't done any teaching on what a deacon is and what function that they might have. And so, you know, we all come in from a bunch of different church backgrounds. And so how you might think deacons exist in CanRC or E-Free or other Baptist churches or non-denominational churches or Mennonite Brethren churches, all of them have a very different idea on what deacons are. And so we realized that's a problem. So we didn't want to just say, let's do deacons. Then you're like, we're coming out here with 19 different ideas of what we mean when we're talking about deacons. That's very confusing. Uh, and so that's why we began to think through as we're walking through different sermon series, what would be some good sermon series that we could walk through? What books of the Bible? We're like, well, we went through Ephesians. First Timothy would be a great book. And in so we see all the things that it tells us about what does it mean to be in the household of faith, including, as we talked about two months ago, leadership in the life of the church. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to preach the book of 1 Timothy, to have a better ecclesiology, a better understanding of the church and the offices of leadership within the church so that we can continue to grow as a ministry and so that we can prayerfully begin considering who God is raising up into these levels of leadership in our church. And so that's also why we handed out all these wonderful purple books, uh, all these little wonderful 
Purple Deacon books, uh, is because we're like, hey, you've probably never been given a book by anyone on deacons. Read this. Uh, and you're like, no, I've never been given a book on deacons. And some of you are like, I still haven't read the book uh, given to me on deacons. Um, that's okay. We're going to talk a, a little bit about what we see kind of in this book and really explore together a little bit of what does it mean to be uh, a deacon and what is a deacon is. And so we began this discussion by looking at the office of the deacon in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 to 13. If you remember a couple of months ago to see what the Bible says about the office of deacon. So by way of reminder, in that sermon, I explained that the word deacon uh, is simply a word that means servants or ministers, servants or ministers. And throughout the deacon book, uh, we see that this word can also have a broad meaning. The word Deacon can be applied to elders as they are deacons of the word. It can be applied to Jesus as he is a deacon, he's a servant. And then in the book of Acts, what we see is a kind of a prototype of the deacon role arise because of a problem in the church, right? There's that practical, very financial uh, issue going on in the life of the church where the Gentile widows are being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And they're like, this is a really big problem. And so that huge problem is solved in Acts chapter six as the apostles call together uh, a meeting of the disciples. Literally, we see in chapter six, verse two B, that it is the full number of disciples. So they knew how many disciples they were, and they called all of them together. It's the first instance of a church role. Is everybody here? Good. And remember, at this time, there's like five thousand of them. This is a lot of people. Some might have already gone back home and wherever they're from, but this is a this is a lot of people. I don't know where they met. Maybe they rented out a Coliseum or something. Uh, this is a lot of people. Um, so they're all brought together and the 12 say to them, they say, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve or diakoneo, deacon tables. So the apostles found themselves trading and giving up all the time they need to be spending preaching the word in order to help solve this issue. And it was inhibiting their preaching and teaching ministry. And so they asked the crowd in verse three to appoint seven men who are full of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who can be appointed to this duty of taking care of the, the widow's food distribution. And after these men are chosen then by the disciples, the apostles explain that these chosen men will deacon the tables. And then they, as the apostles, as we see in verse four, will devote themselves to prayer and to the ministry or the deaconing of the word. So the deacons are gonna deacon the tables. The elders are gonna deacon the word. And this is the text that a lot of Christians go to in order to kind of see a prototype for the office of deacons that we see Paul giving in 1 Timothy 3. But it's only in 1 Timothy chapter 3 where we see qualifications for deacons actually given. Nowhere else in the Bible do we see qualifications for deacons given. It's only here. So outside of Acts chapter 6 and 1 Timothy 3, we remember that deacons aren't mentioned except for Romans 16.1, right, where Phoebe... Uh, is mentioned as a servant or a deacon of the church at Concry. And Philippians 1, where Paul writes to the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. And so what we know as we kind of string together these references is that there were deacons in Philippi, Concry, and in Ephesus. And we know it's such an important offices, an office with qualifications given by God through the pen of Paul, uh, only to be installed not only in Ephesus, but in all of the churches. You remember that from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15? because that's part of what it means to behave as kids in the household of God, which is the church of the living God. So just as we're commanded to have elders or pastors in God's word, we are also called as a church, as the need arises for us to install deacons for our good as a church and as, as I said, as the need arises. And that is currently where we find ourselves as a ministry. The need is here. It has arisen. Uh, up until this point, like I was thinking about this earlier this week, there were, when there were 50 of us meeting in the forest, there wasn't a whole lot of deaconing things. Like we all just brought potluck food and our kids swam in a pond and that was kind of it. There wasn't a whole lot of deaconing needs. We couldn't even see one another throughout the week unless we like got a ticket or snuck into one another's basements, you know, or something like that. Um, and so, but now we are currently in a place where there is a lot of ministry to do. We keep growing. We keep seeing people come to know Jesus. There's a lot of stress and strain placed upon us as elders because we aren't able to oversee everything as we once were able to when there was only 50 of us. So one of the things we need to discuss then is who may then be a deacon here at the trails? And as for qualifications, we would look at 1 Timothy 3 to determine what ought to mark the life of the deacon. And as we do, the first thing that we notice is that it is an 
office. So the office of deacon is just that, an office of the church. So just as there are elders that are uh, as, an, as an office of the church, so two deacons are an office of the church. So deacons, therefore, are not junior pastors, nor is being a deacon a stepping stone into becoming a pastor. Rather, this office is a great gift in the life of the church, and it's incredibly valuable for ensuring that the church is provided for, that unity in the church is maintained, and that needs are being met to serve the church body. So that's what deacons really give themselves to. So they are people of great character who have been tested and proven themselves to be blameless. And it's deacons who gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith as they use their unique and wonderful gifts to serve in the church. So although the role and responsibilities between a deacon and pastors are different, it's not a less than office, right? In the same way that husbands and wives, are, those are different offices in the life of your home, right? One is not less than the other one. Nope, you are both equal. And everyone said, amen. Right, men, we have a role to play. Women, you have a role to play in your marriages that are unique and given to you by God in your God-given gender. And the same is true with deacons. This is an office given by God for local churches to designate some members to serve the body in a very specific way. So what we see as we look through 1 Timothy is that deacons must be these things. Deacons must be dignified, not double-tongued, meaning they're not devious in speech, Right? You don't want a deacon who you think they're telling you the truth, but they're not. They're lying to you and they're trying to deceive you. Right? That's a bad deacon. You don't want that guy, that girl. You don't want that person. And also, we see they're not to be addicted to much wine, so they aren't to be an alcoholic. But also, just like with elders, this also means and entails that this individual isn't addicted to any other harmful substances that would bring disdain upon the gospel. Right? This would include things like pornography, drugs, lots of other vices that could be in their life that were addictions for them. And next, we need to see that they are not greedy for dishonest gain. Uh, as deacons, they will be responsible over some of the finances of the church and trusted to meet needs of those in the church in various roles. So they can't be greedy for dishonest gain, lest they, as we talked about the other week, like Judas, have this root of a love of money that leads them to misuse funds that are given to them to steward by the church. We also see that they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, which means that they must have a firm grip on the truths of the gospel and live consistently with those truths. So they don't need to be a like five-star R.C. Sproul theologian, but they need to know and believe the gospel and by their life need to show that they obey Christ practically in their lives. We then see they need to be tested first, meaning that they have a proven track record. So when installing someone into the office of a deacon, they first need to serve in that role and prove themselves reliable before we as a church lay hands on them and affirm, yes, this person is in this office, right? We need to test them first for a period of time. Now, it doesn't tell us how long to test them. We don't, I don't know, how, there's no word on that, but collectively as a church, do we feel like they've been tested? Yes, we do, great. That's what it's talking about. Next, we see a couple of other qualifications. Now, if they're married, the deacon is to be faithful to their spouse. Now, if single, they must honor Christ with their body. We see this in 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 19. So they're to be faithful in how they steward over their body, and then they are to manage their children and household well. So the questions we need to ask then is, does the way that this deacon manage their household, does it indicate that they will be faithful in serving over Christ's church? Christ's home. Are they faithful in their little home? Because if so, they will be faithful in their larger church home. If they're not faithful in their little home, why would we want them to oversee things in the church home? Right? Not a good idea. That's basically what this is saying. So the basic message is that deacons are to be Christians whose trustworthiness, self-control, and soundness in the faith show that they are to be trusted to faithfully care for the church's physical needs and to serve as an example of faithful service to others within the life of the church. So if they say, well, how do I live my life as a faithful servant in my home, in my marriage, in my things? You should say, look to the deacons. See how they serve so well? That's how you're to serve. Look and model these individuals. So this office uh, of being a deacon is different from being an elder in that there's no mention that deacons have to be able to teach, right? So whereas pastors have to be able to teach, that's part of the job description, there's no specific teaching gift necessary for deacons. However, this doesn't mean that they can't teach. In fact, we see at least one deacon who was a superb preacher. Do you remember Stephen in the book of Acts? He was not an elder, but he gave a great sermon. How do you know it was a great sermon? 
they killed him at the end. That's always, that's always the ticket. They pick up stones and they kill you. Great sermon. So, dad, get ready for that on Sunday. He's not listening. Uh, when pastors go to meetings, they don't listen. Um, they just play Angry Birds. They play Angry Birds. Angry Birds on their phone. Um, so there's no, there's no mention of the deacon having to be able to teach. And, uh, and secondly, <laughs> secondly, that's also what pastors do. Wait, what's that reference? First, where are you? Uh, secondly, there's no mention that deacons uh, cannot be recent converts, right? So pastors cannot be recent converts. There's no mention of that here. Now, they must be Christians. They must have a firm grip on the truths of the gospel and live consistently with those truths. But they could be newer Christians, uh, leading by serving in various capacities, right? So then the question then, this is something that uh, actually in the appendix, um, did anyone have an opportunity? Who, by show of hands, who had an opportunity even just to read the appendix of this, appendix one of our deacon book? So they explain both sides of the argument, I think actually very well. And, and they, they outline the, the problem then between Bible-believing Christians is what do we do with verses 11 and 12? It kind of centers around this word, which is translated in the ESV as wives, uh, and and I, I can't explain the argumentation any better than the appendix of this book. So if you have not read that, um, then, and you don't have a copy of it, you can grab this book and read it. Um, but needless to say, the reason why I bought that book and gave it to all of our members is because it faithfully represents both views very accurately uh, and also gives a lot of great historical notes uh, about how deacons have been employed throughout church history. Um, and so the book explains, again, that not all Bible-believing Christians agree that both men and women can hold the office of deacon. And so this brings up a very important point, and it's this, that it's important to remember that there is both the gifting and the office of deacon. It's a gifting of deacon and an office of deacon. So someone might have the gifting of being a deacon, but they might not meet the qualifications to serve in the office of deacon. So for example, they might love serving, they might promote unity in the church, but they also might have a secret addiction problem. So they love serving, they're great at serving, but they have an addiction problem that they're, they shouldn't be handling the money of the church when they're also on a whole bunch of hallucinogens. You know what I mean? Bad things happen. You have the church credit card, you're on hallucinogens, crazy things, right? So, so like that. Or they might not have a firm grasp on the gospel but they might really love people. They could be really great at organizing a whole lot of things, but, but they might be like, I don't really know much about the God. I don't, I'm not really living in light of what I know to be true. But, but they might love serving people, and we wanna walk alongside those people and encourage them and using their gifting of deacon, although they might not have the office of deacon. Or they might not have things sorted out in their own households, but they might really also love teaching children. They may love being with Trails kids and they can open up the Bible and process through things with kids, but you're not gonna want them to be a deacon because actually their home life is not one that you would want other Christians to look at and model. So they, they love serving, they love doing that, but, but they're not gonna have the office of deacon. So I, I just say that to note there's a distinction in someone having the gifting of deaconing and the office of deacon. And so we don't wanna be hasty in installing people as deacons. Rather, we want to, be slow, process through their life and who they are. We wanna look at how they serve. We wanna ask questions in their life. We wanna be really slow on that. It's also important to note that the office of deacon that we're talking about is not a board position in our church. In some churches, it's like you're on this, this board. Rather, the goal is to have deacons overseeing various practical matters of the church by pulling together other, other members, overseeing their own budgetary areas, if they have one for their area, and then serving the church in that specific role to promote unity within the church. So as such, this isn't a, a board role. This isn't a standing board that just constantly gathers once a month to just discuss various things. No, rather, um, all deacons would have an elder that they report to and who's responsible to oversee them. So they're not at a whole bunch of meetings all the time. They're just serving over various areas that they are installed in and over. Uh, and, and we want to have an elder overseeing them to be sure that this elder is asking questions to ensure that they're doing really well, that they have all the things they need to be equipped with in order to do the thing they're being asked to do by the church and to make sure that their soul is doing well. 
We want to make sure they're doing okay, uh, rather than just running people ragged, which churches are very good at, um, without actually caring about them as people. And so let's make up a fictitious deacon role for a moment. Let's suppose that someone is the deacon of chair set up. And I chose that because we don't have chairs. Uh, so let's just suppose we have someone as the deacon of chair set up. The only thing they would oversee is chair set up. You know what I mean? That, that's it. That's, that's what they oversee. So if you have an event going on, let's say we have like a building somewhere and there's like a women's tea going on. You'd call up the deacon of chairs and you'd say, chair deacon person, I need you to set up all these chairs for this date. And they say, jolly good. I'll make sure all the chairs are set up. Wonderful. Right, so, so we want to have deacons that have roles that they are specifically doing. And it's not this overarching board that's overseeing various things. It's servants of the church serving in various capacities. And while the only three things that we vote on as a church is the calling of a new lead pastor, next year's budget, and any land or building purchases, we thought it would be prudent to walk through this season of exploring and learning about deacons as we're such a young church and uh, voting on, on this. Uh, so as, as elders, we could just implement deacons right now. We could say, hey, we're just going to have deacons um, according to our, our current bylaws that we have as a church. And we could just do that. Uh, however, one of the things that we thought would be the most prudent is because we're all coming in from such different backgrounds, we want to give you a book, let you read through it, let you know like two months ago that we we're going to be voting this month about what we're doing with deacons in the life of our church um, so that you know what's happening and so that we can all kind of be on the same page together as members. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that we adequately taught through this and explain the office before beginning to install any members into any, any roles. So in the same way that if you were making a big move with your family, let's say, you might want to talk about that as, you, as a husband and wife, right? You don't want the husband coming home and banging his hand on the, on, the, on the table and saying, I decided we're moving to Nicaragua. Pack your bags. We're moving tomorrow. No, you'd, you'd want to maybe have a conversation, you know, like, hey, honey, I'm Think about what if we move to Nicaragua, uh, you know? She's like, I don't think so. I'm like, okay. Argentina? You know, uh, <clears throat> no, not there either. Okay, well, right? So in the same way, we wanted to uh, have, have uh, conversations around deacons, give you this book, talk about deacons, so that when it came time to make a decision as a church family, um, that, that we can do this all together. Um, and so specifically, the question that we're asking is, is this an office for men only within the church or is this an office that is open to men and women? This is the question that is kind of before us. Now, before we get there, um, and I, I wanted to say, this will also be the only vote, I think, that we'll have on deacons. So we will not be voting on deacons uh, individually into the future, like the deacons of chairs. We'll not be voting on the deacons of chairs. Um, rather, in the same way, the process will be the exact same way that we bring in new elders, new pastors of our church. So what is that process? Well, our pastors will bring forward to the membership those who we believe that God is raising up into these offices, and we will, oh wait, sorry, that's not the right, that's not the right one. Whoop. I was behind. Uh, process for new deacons. So our pastors bring forward to the membership who we believe God is raising up into these offices. And we'll give you a month to prayerfully consider if there are any red flags about that individual for this office of being a deacon. So during that month, we'd love for you to share things maybe you've seen in their life, bring up concerns with us as pastors. And if there isn't anything that disqualifies this person from the office of deacon, then we would announce them and officially welcome them into that office at our next member meeting. Or we would say, hey, listen, Bob, the potential chair deacon person, uh, we kind of process through some stuff with him and we don't feel like he's a great fit for this in this season of his life. Is there anyone else who might feel like they want to be the chair setter upper? Uh, and, and then we would kind of begin there and, and move on. Wesley does. Wesley, you want to be the chair, the deacon of chairs? There you go. So maybe... Maybe it could be Wesley. Uh, we didn't say what age they have to be. That's a, didn't do that. So anyway, um, but I, I want us to know that just to be crystal clear with you, uh, as we're about to take that vote together, I have zero dog in this fight. Like absolutely zero. I've been at churches that have only men as deacons. I've been at churches that have men and women at deacons. No dog do I have in this fight. I have certain leanings personally on what I think reflects the Bible's teaching on this matter, but faithful Bible-believing Christians can disagree on this. 
And so I, I could be at a church that has only men as deacons. I could be at a church that has men and women in the office of deacons. Uh, as long as in the office of only men, uh, we also recognize there is a gifting of deacons that our sisters have because they serve things so well. <laughs> That's an important caveat. Um, so so I, I could be at a church that does either of those things. So what we are not doing in this moment is we are not taking a vote on can women serve in ministry? No, because we want women serving in ministry. Uh, we desperately need women to be doing that. Also, as a church, we want, uh, as, as Jocelyn just so wonderfully shared with us, we want very theologically strong women in our church. We think that a church is better when both your men and your women are being taught and trained theologically, when they're being raised up in the faith. And so uh, the plan is always to ensure that the women of the trails are trained theologically and raised up to serve in various capacities as they are able to without crossing that line into being pastors. But the question at hand pertains only to the office of deacon and whether or not women can have the office of deacon or not. And so in a moment, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a vote. And for this vote, what we need is a two-thirds vote one way or another in order to be able to move forward. So we need a 67% vote in either direction. So if we get that, wonderful. And if not, we're gonna do a bit more reading and processing and praying and vote again in a couple of months and see where we're at. So uh, at this time, uh, our bylaws, so when we moved here uh, and started this ministry, remember we took over the bylaws from Renaissance Church Winnipeg. That's why for the longest time, all of your tax stuff still said Renaissance Church Winnipeg on it. And you're like, where do I go to church? What is happening? But now that's all been changed. Uh, and so we took over their bylaws. In their bylaws, it says that men and women may hold the office of deacon. And so if we don't have a 67% view one way or another by the life of our body, then that will be what continues until we vote on it at another time. Now, in an intermediary, we will not be installing anyone uh, who is a female into the office of deacon because we don't wanna say, oh, well, sorry, we just got him in underneath the wire, sucker. Uh, don't wanna do that, uh, but rather we will just wait and hold off on uh on any women in that role until we all can get a 67% agreeal as a church as we process and, and think through that together. Just as we're moving forward, there are gonna be in the future some deacon roles that are gonna be paid roles uh, as, as a church and some that aren't. Uh, so in the same way that some of our elders are paid from our church and some are not, in the same way into the future, like we might have like a, um, a role that, right, like right now we have a trails kids lead the official title of like Leanne. Uh, and so she's a member of our church who is paid to help oversee all of our kids' ministry stuff or Charles with, with youth. Uh, and so there might also be deacons uh, in the future uh, that as pastors that we will also look at, uh, at uh, financially compensating depending on how much time and energy and stuff this actually takes for them uh, to serve and do things. Like for example, kids' ministry or youth ministry or... I don't know, various things into the, into the future of the life of our church. Now, at this point in our member meeting is when we took a vote to see where we might land as a ministry at this time on the role of deacons in the life of the church, right? Whether this office ought to be for men only or for whether it's open for men and women. And uh, as of this member meeting, we have no definite answer either way in our vote. As we had a vote of... Uh, I think about 63%, 62, 63% in favor of men and women in this office, uh, and then the rest, so I'm terrible at math, 20-something percent <laughs> uh, of men only. And so from now on until our November AGM, we will only be installing men into the office of deacon, and then we'll be voting at our AGM again on this matter to see if we have a 67% consensus one way or another. And then uh, we began to talk about a few different areas where we need some of our members to step up and serve in the life of our church, uh, and as well as gave some future deacon positions that we're noticing would be helpful as we continue to grow in the future. So here's a little bit of that conversation as well. These are the three areas uh, moving forward as a, as a ministry that we've noticed are really big areas. So firstly is a deacon of finances. 
So what we're looking for in this individual um, is someone who would want to help start and create a team and pull together a team of people um, who would help do things like sign all, all checks and pull all that kind of behind the scenes stuff together. It has been for the last two and a half years, me who does this. So you don't have to be a bookkeeper in order to do this. We have a bookkeeper and an auditor. What this is, is someone who pulls together people that are check signers and they make sure that like if Charles needs reimbursements for youth, he sends me uh, an Excel document and all of his receipts. And then I take that, I look over it, I check it. And then I write out a check for him and I take it to our signers, our signers sign it. And then I gave him a check tonight for youth, youth reimbursements. And so it basically be, would be someone who wants to help oversee that and to pull together a group of people that are like check signers. You as the deacon of finance would not be someone who has signing authority, but you are gonna be someone who oversees um, pulling together that team and helping us do that. And it would be a great gift into the life of our church. Specifically, it would save me about 10 to 12 hours every month of my life, which would be wonderful. Uh, and if you're smart with numbers, it would probably take you one hour. Um, I'm not, so it takes me much longer. Um, so um, that's one of the roles. Secondly, a, a deacon of benevolence and a member care list. So a member care list um, is a list within the life of our church of maybe uh, if we have couples walking through uh, surgeries or they're having babies or various things like that. Uh, also, if there's maybe trouble going on, if we know, um, and it, it, part of that list can either be a private list just for our pastors or more of a public list for our members of knowing like if there's issues going on in someone's home, if there's issues going on with a, a wayward child, if there's some kind of like internal stuff going on. So we will have both a kind of a private member care list and then also a, a member care list for all of our members to know if there are certain things going on in, in our lives as a church that we really need to give special care and attention to. And then also this individual will help oversee benevolence so that if there is someone from within our church that says, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling right now financially, we have someone who knows how much money uh, they have in order to give away for benevolence and they wanna be someone to create the system whereby we walk someone through, okay, what kind of questions do we need to ask when it comes to benevolence? How do we set this up? How do we get checks and balances into this? Um, and so it would be someone who would kind of help lead that as a ministry, which is a brand new uh, thing that we'd love for someone to help with. And then a deacon of hospitality. So this would include everything from cafe to set up and tear down and all of the stuff kind of outside of this stuff on a Sunday. It's more like all of that stuff. Uh, huh? And arranging potlucks. Yeah, and you, you definitely arrange potlucks. Uh, that would be great. That would be great. So those would be the three main uh, areas that we're kind of looking for more into the next couple of months and just praying that God would raise up people. Um, and then in the upcoming couple of months, uh, we're looking at a number of other kind of deacon roles just as, as pastors that we're kind of considering. But these are the only three that we would really wanna put before you as um, kind of that Acts chapter six, right? The elders come and, and they talk to all of, the, all of the people and they say, here's the problem going on. You people figure it out. Uh, that, that's kind of what this is. This is, uh, hey, if, if maybe you or someone that you know, if you're like, hey, maybe I could be involved in that in some way or, or help serve, or I might actually be interested in that, or maybe you know one of our other members who's not here that they might be interested in helping oversee some of those things, um, then I would love to uh, be made aware of that. And then we can have you begin serving in that capacity and then do You can nominate them by saying, hey, have you thought about being a member? You should become a member. <laughs> and then after, afterwards, they right after that say, hey, have you ever thought about being the deacon of finance? Uh, and again, again, something even like that, like deacon of finances, that's not a role that's, uh, that's like a, a bookkeeper because we have a bookkeeper. Uh, unless you are a bookkeeper and you're like, actually, I am a bookkeeper. The, probably the largest serving area right now for us as a church is kids ministry. Um, if you're someone who is able to serve maybe once a month on kids and you aren't yet, uh, that would be a huge help. Um, there were a number of people who either have just had babies or things have happened and they're like, oh, I can't serve right now. Uh, and so Leanne, Leanne mentioned to me the other day, she's like, hey, could you make an announcement at the member meeting that we need more people in kids ministry? And I said, yes, yes, I can. So um, yes. Oh yeah, we definitely need dudes. Definitely need dudes. 
In fact, that's the best place. Uh, it's the best place to go as a dude. Because my little dudes love it when there's dudes around. So um, now we're moving into uh, an update actually from Nino about our Calgary team. Uh, I have a few updates here. So I think I'll start with the most exciting part. We're going to be announcing today the people who are moving with us. Yeah! So we went through this process of like people applying for the role. I had conversations with those people. I, and then Aaron and Matt and Chris helped with assessing those people. Uh, and now it came like with a list of people who are approved to go and who might be moving the next few months. So like me and my wife, we are moving, we want to be in Calgary August 1st. Not necessarily everyone will be moving the same date. It's not, it's not like we are going a big convoy and everyone moving at the same time. Uh, if but, you didn't, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, trucks. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna. So people are moving some August, some September, some October. Uh, but here's the list. So Charles and Cassandra will be moving with us. So Charles is the f former youth leader now. <laughs> Almost former. Yeah. <laughs> He needs to finish Romans before he leaves. So <laughs> that's the deal. <laughs> uh, James and Melissa. So they are moving as well. Elaine, James' mother. Uh, Leanne, she's not here, but she's our kids' ministry person. She's moving as well. Uh, Johnny, you guys probably know Johnny. And Nikki and Cayman. So they're going to get married in June and then move to Calgary, which is really exciting. Uh, we have a few other people who are being assessed and are in the process of thinking about moving and their like family situations and other situations being assessed. So it doesn't mean that those are the only people who are moving. Uh, so it, it might have more people and it might be announcing later. Um, one Another person we have that wants to go and uh, even you guys can be praying for him. Do you guys remember Wilson? He was part of our church for a while, and he went back to Brazil because his dad died of COVID. And he's actually coming back next Sunday, and he wants to be part of Trails again, and he's thinking, uh, willing to move to Calgary as well. So he's another name we have there in the pipeline. The pastors might be assessing him. Um from June the 3rd to June 13th, we're going to do uh, be in Calgary doing our exploratory trip. So if you guys remember, part of our plan uh, in our process of moving to Chicago would be like go to Calgary, do this, this exploratory trip. Uh, for me and my wife, who would be moving in August. We want to find a house to, to, to move. So you guys can be praying for that. We can find a house during this time. Maybe other people who are coming with us might be looking uh, for the same thing. Uh, but we want as well like to meet some people there, uh, other pastors, and go to, to other churches and make good connections there. Uh, there are other people as well who are thinking about me being members of our church there, who are interested in, being in getting to know Knox Church. So we're going to be meeting with those people as well, which would be fun. And apart from that, we have been having, uh, that's more like update, not, doesn't, change your life in any ways, but we are doing like a team preparation with the people moving to Calgary. So every other week uh, we are meeting and getting together to, so every other week we have a Bible study and we are going through the, what it means to be a church, the, the characteristics of a church. And every other week, the, the weeks we don't have a study, we are doing like just a time of fellowship and prayer. Um, so that's how the way we are preparing. Once we are gone to, in August, we are not having any more of these meetings, but the people who are still here, you guys can still be praying and getting together. And I have a few prayer requests. Uh, so as you guys know, the people who are for sure moving now, you guys can be praying for those people and praying for everything that involves the move there. So some people will be quitting their jobs or leaving their company business behind, uh, their financial situations, family situations, their 
it's costly to move to a different province as well. So if you guys can be praying for those things and even maybe uh, coming to talk to those people, see what the necessity there and helping them. Uh, that would be like my, my biggest ask if you guys could help those people, provide for them. Uh, some people might need even help like moving, like some, some strong men to uh, put things in the truck and help them. So all those things are, will be necessary and will be the main thing I want you guys to be praying for and, and be willing to serve. We need some deacons of move. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think as well, another big concern for myself is like be praying for the spiritual, I, I, I don't know how to word this exactly, but the spiritual protection, strengthening of those people. Um, we have already a lots of um, spiritual situations happening with the people who are planning to move. Uh, attacks in their minds, in their hearts, uh, situations that happens in their lives. Um, and we really need youth church be praying for those people uh we are not there to just like move for a better job or going on vacation we are doing like a spiritual work planting a church is always something that uh, there is lots of uh, opposition in every single sense but mainly spiritual so if you guys can be praying for those people as well and that god might be protecting and strengthening their faith and as well in this process of moving and and they're going to face lots of changes, and many times changes can be good in our lives and conducive to our spiritual growth, and many times might not be good. And my prayer is that, like, you'll be good for everyone, and that was even the assessment that the pastors made. They wanted to actually see that this movie would be good for the spiritual life of those people, but we are not God. We cannot really say that for sure 100% will be good, but be praying that... Uh, that will be the result, that uh, everyone grows in their faith, everyone goes in their, their knowledge of the love of Jesus and can get closer to him. So those are my, my prayer requests. And we're going to, in July, uh, you guys probably saw the post on, on uh, not Facebook, Instagram. Did you send on the signal chat yet, the, the yeah. sentence sending? Yeah, but you can hit the next button. Okay, great. Is it there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be having this event on July 30, which should be my last day here in Winnipeg. So on the 31, you're going to be driving to Calgary. So come to, to the event. It'll be like Sunday after the service. <coughs> we're going to have some worship, prayer together. Um, and the, the elders and the whole church will be praying uh, over us, sending us off. And I think it'll be a very special moment. So save the date, plan to be here. Invite people, friends, people from other churches that you think might be cool for them to see this. I think like many people didn't have the opportunity to actually see like a group being sent to plan a new church. And so I think it's a, it's a cool thing to be part of. So I would encourage you guys to be here. Those are all, all my updates. Let's just pray for Nino and Knox. Lord God, I'm so thankful for... Uh, your missionary heart that you sent your son uh, and that he took on flesh and became one of us, uh, moved uh, in a sense uh, to a, a people who needed salvation and brought it. And so I think I'm thankful too for the calling that you placed on our lives uh, to in some small way follow Christ in that, um, to, to empty ourselves, even um, our comforts, our our, sometimes our family, relationships, um, jobs, situations, to leave all that behind and to be obedient um, no matter the cost and not to proclaim ourselves or to bring salvation in and of ourselves, but to, pr to preach Christ um, in a country and in, in a city that uh, needs Jesus. And so I'm thankful for your work uh, in Nino's life in leading him to, to take this up and to lead the way. So I pray for, uh, for Nino, for Leticia, for their kids, that it would be a beneficial move for them, that you would prepare the way. I thank you for the job situation uh, that he's able to carry on with, um, to provide financially for his family. I pray that uh, you go before him in opening up those, uh, those doors, and those, um, starting even those conversations, just leading people uh, across his path, that he might be able to share the gospel and see lives transformed. And I pray that same thing for each member of the team, for those who are still facing family 
uh, obstacles or um, financial obstacles. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that those who you are calling, you would also uh, equip and provide for in every way that they need so that they can follow uh, in this. And Lord, for those who, who need to wait or who need to stay, Lord, I pray that you give them a piece about that too. Help them to know that they're on mission, uh, whether they go or whether they stay. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just one last thing. I prepare a small gift for you guys. I, I did like bookmarks from Knox Church for you. So after the gathering, you guys can come and get yours. Now, if you were listening to the number of people that were going, uh, you're like, dang, that's a lot of people. And it is. And it's awesome. Secondly, you notice that, so we're losing Nino, who is one of our pastors and our worship leader. You've noticed we've had a subpar worship leader the last number of months. Uh, and our youth director and our kids director. Uh, and so that's a lot of people uh, that are really important in the life of our church. And so one of the things that, um, that I had actually as one of my mentors that he always said is, whenever you send people to go plant churches, you always send your absolute best people. He's like, and it's terrible. And it's wonderful. Because uh, usually what happens as we send out some of these leaders that are really awesome is that this one person leaves and then in their place, like three or four people get sucked up into leadership within the life of the church that would have never been raised up into leadership within the life of the church had that person always been there. And so uh, I'm really excited to see all that the Lord is going to do. Um, and some of that has already begun to happen. So for example, with Leanne taking off, uh, Katrina Rempel, actually, has been a wonderful gift to our kids' ministry. Um, and she has come on board, if you remember, as our kids' ministry intern. And so she'll be transitioning to helping oversee all of kids' ministry, at least until the end of December, in kind of an intermediate role, kind of testing to see if she really enjoys doing that and if that's something that she wants to keep doing. Now, uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to meet Katrina, she's awesome. Uh, she was a teacher for a while, I don't know how many years, five years. <laughs> uh, I, I was like going into that sentence and it just, I was like Michael Scotting it. And I'm like, uh, for five years? Uh, and uh, so I'm really excited uh, for her to be stepping into that role uh, and serving our families really well. Uh, and then if you're wondering about youth ministry and what's happening there um, for the fall, uh, so Matt Woodmass is gonna take lead on teaching, the kind of the teaching component of youth, and other people to lead the rest of the program. So admin, organizing and planning, running games and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the end goal of that is to raise up someone to oversee that area. And that also is what I'm doing with worship ministry. Uh, I'm striving to and praying for that the Lord would just raise up a number of people to where you don't have to see my mug up here singing with a guitar, uh, but rather that God would raise up people to do that. So be praying for us on that. Uh, the next thing I just wanted to uh, show for us, as we always do, we always talk about a financial update uh, in the life of our church. Um, so this is going to be quick, I promise. Um, but I just wanted to give you kind of a snapshot of where we're at. So if you will remember, um, this is a small slide. I apologize. There's lots of numbers. Um, but uh, if we look at um, sort of our tithes and offerings overall, what you'll see in January, February, March, and April, those are the, that's that first numbers that you see. Um, so we were at 70% in January or 71, February we were 56%, March 89.14, April 65.20. Um, but then when you combine that, um, so the giving from our church alongside of gifts from outside donors, uh, you'll see then that second number. So that's actually the reason why we as a church are able to keep going uh, the way that we are and paying all of our bills. So praise the Lord for outside donors who give to us. Um, but as we always say, the goal for us as a church is that we would one day be able to move out of mom and dad's basement and be able to pay our own bills. Uh, and so for us to already be at this place as a ministry is huge. Uh, remember, we, we said that uh, usually it takes churches five years to ever get to the point where they are able to um, pay any any substantial portion of their own bills and bring on like pastors and have salary and salaried staff and all those kind of things. So for us to be where we're at right now is really just a pure, wonderful gift of God. Uh, and it's also thanks to a lot of your generosity. So thank you for partnering with us in this as a church. Um, and then uh, two needs that we now have uh, as a church um, that I wanted you to be aware of. So one of them is actually with Nino leaving, um, as a church, we have to have three people at all time on our board with the Canadian government uh, in order for us to exist as, as a ministry. 
Now, uh, these board members have no real authority to do anything. They're simply stewards that the church says, hey, these people, do what we tell you to do. And they say, wonderful. That's really all they do. Uh, So our board, I think, technically meets, well, in essence, we only technically need to legally meet one time a year. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be a very long meeting. It can be an email meeting. Uh, and so this isn't a meeting that technically is like this big, scary, big thing. Rather, it's really to make sure that we uh, look over the budget as, uh, as a board before then our church votes on it. And then uh, the board's other main role is to make sure that we uh, get all of our bookkeeping and our auditor to send everything away to the CRA for us and that we are doing everything we need to do with the CRA. Um, and thankfully, we have a great bookkeeper and a great auditor. So our board almost does nothing with that. We just say, blessings. Uh, and the Canadian government looks at us having an auditor, and they say, you guys got an auditor? Nice work. And then that's it. Uh, so it's kind of in the same way that you have to file uh, your taxes every year, and it's very simple. And so, um, but we do need someone to come onto the board to replace Nino um, within uh, this next cycle. And so uh, if you might be interested in that uh, and just coming on legally and having your name join in on that board, um, that would be a wonderful gift. Please talk to me or to Matt about that because um, we need to get him off. We don't need to get him off before he leaves, but they are about to get their charitable status as Knox. And so he's going to have enough on his plate that we would love to get that done before he leaves. Um, And then Nino also right now is one of our check signers. Uh, And so he will be removed from that. So um, that person also might, if you want to, become a check signer. If not, if you're another person who's a member of our church and you're like, hey, I can help do that. Wonderful. Um, and so those are, those are some of our bigger issues uh, that we need to talk about. And then I just wanted to let you all know what we're doing actually in this upcoming uh, season of sermons, because we're almost done with First Timothy. And so uh, the next book that we're actually doing is Jonah. So you guys have been a month in Jonah chapter one. We're going to do the whole book in four weeks. So uh, we won't be able to go as long as, uh, as you guys are. Um, so we're going to spend four weeks. We're going to do um, one chapter per week and just walk through that book. Uh, And then the whole rest of the summer, we're gonna spend summer in the Psalms. So we're gonna be going through different Psalms together, processing through both the very, very lows and the very, very highs of the Psalms together um, as a way for us as a church to kind of walk through the songbook of God's word. Um, And so that is all that we have as far as official things. The only two other things that we always love to do is give any kind of open floor time if there's anything that we want to talk about or process through as a church. Uh, and then after that, we'll walk into a time where we just do prayer requests. So thanks again for tuning into this episode of Basecamp. As we have been walking through kind of our member meeting and some highlights that come from that. Now, if you're not yet a member of the Trails, but would like to consider membership or partnering with us in this mission that God has given us to make disciples, who make disciples, who plant churches, who plant churches, uh, we, we'd love to connect with you. And, uh, and begin some of those conversations to see how you might leverage your life to partner with us on mission for the gospel. So until next time, we hope that you have a great day. And uh, again, if we can help out in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. Until next time.